0: That was one of the biggest things that was stressed to me is we're going to make every call. You can't miss a call. So when the guy was running late, I was stressed out. I appreciate that you guys have given me access to, to the schedule. And, and I can do whatever I want with it. And being able to, you know, it's, there's been days where five plumbers sell something. and I got to find five places to go with calls. You know, that's a great day. Seven years ago, that'd be a really awful day for me. I figured it out. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse to lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick.
1: Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. I'm Nate. I'm Brian. It's so good to be here this morning. We are enjoying uh, continuing this effort, and we have a special guest for you today. Brad Houck joins us uh, from One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning. He serves as the service coordinator and dispatcher extraordinaire uh, for actually all three companies there. So one hour, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing and Mr. Sparky Electric. He's going to be joining us and we're going to be talking about the Efficient Service Day. Welcome, Bradley.
0: All right. Good to be here.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, So like we do with every podcast and every new guest that we have, we like to dig in a little bit to see how you got here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what brought you into the trades and then how did you end up as a dispatcher?
0: Uh, I've been with the company for 17 years. Uh, my my wife and Matt Buckwater's wife are...
1: Matt Buckwater being the owner. The owner,
0: cousins. And lost my job. Matt said, hey, why don't you come do a ride along?
1: Okay, so it was an inside job. Sure. Nice. <laughs> uh,
2: so,
1: yeah, it was. Were, were you already
2: a, a HVAC service tech? No,
0: I managed a warehouse here in Centerville. Okay, so so he, I had no experience at all.
2: So he brought you in to do a ride-along to see if you wanted to join the trade? Correct. Okay. Correct. Where'd you go from there?
0: Uh, from, from, did the ride-along, enjoyed it, uh, rode along with a guy named Eddie, uh, spoke to, rode along for about a, three days, uh, spoke to Larry. Larry goes, do you really want to do this? I said, yeah, I do. He goes, you didn't do anything like this before. I said, well, I'd love to do it.
1: What were you doing before?
0: Managed a warehouse in Centerville.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that's okay. So you're managing a warehouse, and then you said, hey, why not? Let's kick it in the truck with, uh, with customers.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, hey, I bought a new house, uh, just had my second child, lost my job. I needed, I, I needed a job, Needed needed a career change. Yeah. And this was perfect for me.
1: Nice. So what was it about the the trade? I mean, was it the mechanical aspect that intrigued you? Was it, you know, going into homes and dealing with customers? I mean, what kind of...
0: I had a little bit of everything. I, I, growing up, I was always a lot of hands-on. Uh, I remember having those uh, science project things where you put a bunch of wires together and you make a light go and uh, very hands-on.
1: Did you put a hole through the bathtub, blow sure. up the kitchen? Sure. Like sure. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't or everybody his, done that? One of those lava kits. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Stuff like that. So okay. I was
0: always good with my hands and this this fell into my lap and it was perfect.
1: Yeah, that's great. So how long did you serve as a, a technician then?
0: I believe it was about ten
1: years. Ten years. Okay. And so ten years in the field as a heating and air conditioning technician, were you doing all service through that time? Yes. Service maintenance. Service, yeah. No install?
0: No. Well I, I dabbled in install.
1: Every once in a while, okay. And times and then, were slow. All right. And then from there, you transitioned into the office. So what was kind of behind that?
0: Uh, you know, 10 years running on call, coming home at 2 in the morning. Uh, I, I, I've got enough of it. Uh, and
2: Did you, is this something you asked for? Or were you approached?
0: Was approached. I mean, this, the job was uh, introduced to everybody and anybody that wanted to do it. Uh, come in, do an interview.
1: And it, yeah, I thought it was perfect for me. And of course, they took the best-looking guy, Absolutely, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Kept him in the field and <laughs> stuck Brad in the office.
0: Yeah, again. <laughs> they couldn't do that. They couldn't take <laughs> him out of the field. <laughs> so second-best guy. They, they <laughs> got
1: nice. And you've been serving as a dispatcher for how long now? I
0: believe it's been seven years.
1: All right. Wow. that's Time flies. That, uh, that's incredible. Yeah. So, well, thanks so much for being on the podcast. And I think that unique background of having both field experience and and then crossing over into the, the dispatching and coordinating side of things is really unique, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to have you on today because you bring such a um, a real and practical application for what guys are doing in the field, and then you see how things get affected from kind of that thirty thousand foot view uh, with their day and efficiencies and everything that goes with it. So it's good to have you.
0: Hey, good to be here.
1: We want to jump in on the topic then, and that is the efficient service day. <clears throat> so with that. What we're really looking to do here is, is some practical advice some practical guidelines for anybody in the service industry who's seen multiple, multiple homes, multiple customers a day. And why does efficiency matter? And how can they make their day better? How can they coordinate better with the office? Because as everybody knows, yeah, you know, the office does play a big part one way or another into how your day goes. And if you're working for a, even a, a larger small business or a medium-sized business and definitely a large business, you know, the, the dispatcher has a lot of control over your day. And so we wanted to kind of bring Brad in here as uh, a topic expert on that with the unique ability of having to also be able to relate to the field. So Brad, let's jump in on this. <clears throat> to you and your, your experience in the field, I mean, when you were working as a technician, what were some of the things that you focused on to keep your day in order?
0: Well, when I was in the field, we didn't have the iPads.
1: Okay, so uh, everybody in in your company right now is using mobile devices. Correct. correct. So back then you were doing what, phone calls? And well, we
0: had we had a piece of paper where we were going. Yeah. So our day was already uh, scheduled out for
1: us. And that was like for the whole day. So you get three or four job packets or something like that, and then you go from there. So we'd map
0: out, well, me personally would map out my day. That, okay, I'm in Lidit's first call. I got to be in Mannheim, you know, 10 to 12, and then Harrisburg, and so on.
2: And you break out the
1: paper map book?
0: The exact the, the atlas came out. <laughs> yeah. I mapped which way I was going.
1: For our younger listeners, what that means <laughs> yeah, is there was his, actually history a lesson book here with I, yeah, pictures in it. Of I thought roads. about that the other day. It was cra- that's crazy. <laughs> it doesn't even seem real anymore. You know,
0: it was a half hour yeah. trying to figure out where, where your, your routes were before you even went to the first call.
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past uh, several of our our younger professionals that to actually navigate a map. Excuse me, a map. I think would be uh, would be a challenge. You know, saying you're going to 27 Main Street and trying to figure out that (laughs) it's just a world of difference.
0: 15A. Okay, that's where I'm going. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Yeah, the grids.
1: The grids. It's awesome. Well, okay. So we're. I think we're pretty well past that, and I would imagine that. a lot of people listening to this podcast, whatever company they're working for, are also into either some type of digital, uh, you know, mobile technology, or at least are receiving their jobs via text message or GPS. So kind of putting yourself in those shoes, what would you see as some important things to keep the day efficient?
0: Uh, The the perfect day for me as a dispatcher would be everybody's at their first call at 8 o'clock.
1: So a big part of that is just getting up early and getting into the routine right absolutely
0: yeah i mean it's you know the the guys well coming from our company the guys need to know for example one hour there's four calls on them you know, and they're all time slotted so you know if you if you're there at eight o'clock you could you got two hours to finish your job if not longer you know if you sell something then that's great we'll figure that out but there's a each call is has a time slot
2: 8 to 10, 10 to 12, 12 to 2, 2 to 4.
0: Correct. And, you know, if, if you get at your call at 9 o'clock, you've, you've pushed your day. You've made it harder to make all those other calls. So, you know, Correct.
2: Get, and, if, and if one guy gets to a call and, say, you know, sells something that's going to keep him there all day and you need to go somewhere with one or two of the, the other calls on him, the guy or, or guys that have gotten to their calls at 9.30 – make it nearly impossible for you to do that. Absolutely. And and it should be noted that when Nate said earlier, the dispatcher has a lot of control over your day, depending on how you're structured pay-wise, the dispatcher has a lot of control over your income. The guy who decides where the calls are going and, and who's going to get what call, um, it, it behooves you in a truck to make peace with that guy. <laughs> Nothing could be better for you than him having your back, and nothing could be worse for you than him having a disregard for you because you're one of the people who constantly
1: puts him in a tough position. Yeah, that's so right, Brian. And when Brad, I think when Brad says, you know, get your day started on time, obviously he's coming at it from the dispatching role, meaning that like if you get there an hour late on the first call, now we have problems the rest of the day. But really, from a technician standpoint, it's just as true. If you arrive at your first call late or at the, the later side of when you're supposed to get there, you feel more rushed. The customer feels a little bit more agitated. You possibly have lost the opportunity to have additional calls or as many calls as you thought you were going to do in the rest of your day. So it makes a big difference, right, Brad? Absolutely. And when it comes to the service industry, I mean, every time you're in front of a customer, that's new opportunity. That is the option for you to make additional income in many cases, um, you know, in in our world, certainly uh, when there's the a new customer or even just three versus four customers, that can make a big income difference.
0: All right. You know, in the, in the back of your mind, you say you are late for that first call and you're running and, and you're, you've sat, you're sitting down with a customer. It's 10 o'clock. You're looking at your, looking at your watch. I got to make my man on call. You know, that's, you know, you're not going to sell something. i I mean, back in the day, I tell I that was my mentality. I got to make that next call,
1: right? And that brings stress, unneeded stress, sure. to the entire situation, to the customer, and to use the technician. And so, I mean, some encouragement for you guys out there. You know, as as we start a new year here, and, and you know, we get into it. If you don't have a good routine that is getting you to your first call, on time or maybe early, you you need to address that because all you're doing is costing yourself unneeded stress. And a great, uh, another great thing to add to that is to
2: have a clean, organized truck. N- nothing can make the day longer like searching for a part that you knew was supposed to be in this drawer, but you haven't cleaned your truck out or organized it in so long, it's going to take you 15 minutes to find something. Um, and I can walk back in the parking lot here at any time and see three trucks that are just completely unorganized. And the first thing you hear is the old false adage if your truck ain't messy you ain't making money which is just complete nonsense because when my truck was messy I was making less money because everything took longer Um, part of that routine has to be getting to the shop early in the morning or on your way home every day and just just making that part of your day to straighten it up get the trash out get it
1: swept out get it nice and clean and be ready. So I want to talk about that balance the schedule Uh, for some people you know that's that's like a weight, a burden, especially if you're kind of newer to the service industry, having to be places on time and those types of things can, can really put some stress on you. And you have, again, this unique opportunity with your crossover of knowing what it was in the field. And now knowing what it's like <clears throat> on the dispatch side, how would you, or what would you recommend or kind of encourage a guy to make his way through the day efficiently? Like how does he balance that pressure of the customer and the schedule
0: one call at a time you know you're you get to your first call at eight o'clock that customer's your your main focus and you know if you're running late uh, i'll typically text you know are you going to be okay for your next call and hopefully i'm never giving any added stress to that to, to the technician but i do need to know you know are we going to make that next call hopefully there is not that stress or hopefully I don't put that stress on anybody, but you know, that focus should be on that customer you're at.
1: Yeah. And that's one thing that we really try to train to our new hires when they come in. Don't worry about the rest of your day. Worry about the person that's in front of you right now and let dispatch figure out what's going to happen to the rest of your day. And if nothing else, what you need to be responsible for is communication we don't know what you're thinking. We don't know that the job's blowing up. We don't know that you're going to end early. We can't see that. You know, we're not clairvoyant into your, your particular job. <clears throat> and we need to be able to communicate and understand. And that's something I think you as dispatch would really echo, right? Absolutely, yes.
0: You know, the, the communication that, yo, know, I'm, I'm going to be here for another hour. You might want to find someone to run that next call.
2: Ooh, that's a big deal when you find
1: out right before the window closes. Well,
0: right. I but, can, you know, you but I'll, I'll make it work out. I'll make it work out. Everything yeah. tends to work out.
1: Right. And I think that's what makes <clears throat> a good dispatcher and you specifically, Brad, really valuable to the guys in the field because they know that you have their back if they do their job well in the field. Right. Or, or even if something unexpected comes up, you know, if a call turns turns out to be way more than anybody's anticipating a, a good, das- good dispatcher is going to say, hey, no problem. We'll figure out another way to handle your, your later calls. Take care of the customer you're at right now. Or, oh, man, you, you have a good conversation. You know, this is leading to uh, replacement or this is leading to some additional products, whatever it may be. A good dispatcher is going to support the text in that, uh, that conversation and then also in the logistics that's required to make that happen, right?
0: That, that, took me, that took me two, three years to figure out. That was stressful for me.
1: As a dispatcher, as a
0: dispatcher, that okay, we're not going to make that next window.
1: So for all the technicians, uh, seven to five years ago, we apologized. <laughs> <laughs> that, that
0: was, you know, it was. That was one of the biggest things that was, stressed to me is we're going to make every call, we can't miss a call. So when the guy was running late, I was stressed out. You know, I don't remember calling you.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Brian, we're not gonna uh, make it. Do it you was, wanna run it? Uh, great podcasting, but he pointed at Brian. But <laughs> uh yeah, he would he would uh he'd come running into my office sometimes like what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? And it was a uh, I mean, I've been on the technician in for a long time, um, and remember heading two calls where Dispatch had told me that we missed this call. You're you're on your way there a half hour later than we were supposed to be there. And it used to stress me out early. <clears throat> in my career but at some point I realized that I had developed um, the skills to really turn that customer around when I got there and despite you know we're the we're the punctual plumber the on time electrician and you know uh, one hour where punctuality is key for us and these clients will be paid if we're late so we don't want to be late but worse than that is we, we make them feel like their time is not valuable when we're late and that's much worse than paying a few dollars out so I got good at getting there, understanding a ball was dropped somewhere. I'm here to, to uh, clean up the mess. And talking that client through it, making them understand that we do feel their time is important. We apologize for, for wasting their time by being late. And Brad got really good at heading that off on the front end because there's still going to be times where we miss a call. It's, it's bound to happen. Um, and Brad's really good at dealing with clients, letting them know what's going on, putting them at ease sometimes even having to reschedule if it doesn't fit for them anymore but he's he's gotten I would say he's 10 times better at dealing with people in this role now than he was when he was even in a truck
1: that's great so kind of sticking along that same line there Brad I mean obviously hitting your first call on time you know getting a good routine staying with communication with this bachelor and then know what's going on. What are, what are some other ideas or suggestions that you would give to them to make the most of their day as, as a technician in the field?
0: Well, I'd say, I mean, it's like with Brian, we'll, we'll follow what Brian said, you know, keep your truck clean. I would, I always did it the night before. Yeah. So, you know, I'm starting, I'm starting new in the morning. I'm out the door at 7.30. I'm at the house at eight o'clock. Yeah, it's, you know, you don't, don't stop and, you know, get a snack every, every, every time you're going from call to call. Or
1: Got the munchies, man.
0: Yeah, you do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. So
1: th- those are some high-level things. What about, like, getting down to the nitty-gritty? So one of the things that we really try to train on is understanding the customer before you get there. And with a lot of the mobile technology that's out there now, you can see history you can see equipment you can see um you know the, the any service agreements or those types of things that are on file recommendations how, from yeah, previous Absolutely technicians. recommendations how how does that play into making uh, maybe efficiency's not the right word but I think it really does work into that because if you walk up to a house and you're fumbling around saying hey sir you know how how you doing it's <clears throat> it, it feels less efficient I think there is something missing there so how does that all play in
0: so you're saying like study what they, you know, exactly before you get to the call, right. You know, find out, you know, how old is the equipment? Do they have a water softener? Do they have, you know, how old is their water heater? Is their equipment old? Is there UV light? You know, I guess knowing, knowing the customer before you walk to the door absolutely will make it more efficient.
1: Right. I, I think it comes down to even professionalism too. I mean, if you walk up to a home knowing the person's name when you get there. And, and man, I, I can tell you I've called a number of technicians or they've called me, and I'm like, okay, sir, so are you at, uh, you at Mr. Jones's house? And they're like, uh, yeah, yeah, F, yeah, Ephrata, or, you know, <laughs> the, they really don't know. And I, I think they're missing something there. And if you take five minutes before you start driving to that first call or next call or whatever it is, you just review where you're going, what do they have? Uh, what's their name, has anybody been there before, what's going on at this house, I think it makes you more prepared and it makes you more efficient in the home because then you have that knowledge at the ready as opposed to fumbling around in the basement or at the table or outside of the unit or whatever it may be trying to find the information. If you just do it in the, you know, at the forefront of the call, you have it. It takes five minutes. Exactly. And that five minutes can make the difference between what the experience is for the customer. In some of the trainings that I do, I use the illustration of a of a doctor, right? So if you go to visit the doctor, who do you get seen by first? The nurse. The nurse, right? So the nurse comes in, she takes your vitals, uh, takes some notes, puts it on a clipboard, and puts it out in the hallway. So you're sitting there waiting, and one doctor is going to come up. He's going to look up the, He's going to grab the clipboard, walk in. He's going to be, like, hey, how you doing there, buddy, champ? What what brought you in today? And it's it's very cold. He didn't do any prep work. No nothing there and he's trying to make it work as he goes. The next doctor, you hear him at the door, but he doesn't come in right away. Grabs the chart, reviews it, you can hear him flipping through the papers, walks in, hey, how you doing, Brad? What, okay, so it looks like uh, you're in here because you got a, a sore back or something like that. He knows you, he's, he's reviewed the, the chart, he's taken a look at things, and to you as the customer, to you as the patient, you feel like, all right, this guy's got his eyes dotted, and his T's crossed, right?
0: Oh, you feel more comfortable with that, doctor, yeah.
1: Absolutely, and, and it makes the entire appointment more efficient.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Take that into the service industry, and you're right there at the same thing. You know, a few minutes spent reviewing the customer history before you get out there can make a lot of difference for the experience of the customer. Certainly makes you look more like a professional. All right, so <clears throat> what are, I'm interested in knowing you as dispatch, what are some things that you hate what are some things that you love as far as working with the technicians? Let's start with the let's start with the good stuff. I mean, what are some things that uh, you love, you know, when guys are communicating or, you know, whatever it is. What what kind of drives you?
0: Actually, what drives me is when th- things do get tough.
1: Okay, so it's For the, example, it, a
0: guy sells something.
1: Like solving the problems. Sure. Yeah, all right.
0: Guy sells a guy sells something. He's not going to make his next two calls.
1: Well that that F- should give
0: figuring out where he's <laughs> going with those calls, where I'm going with those calls.
1: That should give some comfort to the service technicians knowing that you actually enjoy that piece of it, right? Sure.
0: Sure. Because yeah, it makes me feel like I've done something during the day. You know, I, I I it's it's great that I have total control of the schedule. You know, and and I appreciate that you guys have given me access to, to the schedule and I can do whatever I want with it and being able to, you know, it's there's been days where Five plumbers sell something. Now I got to find five places to go with calls.
1: Hopefully today, by the
0: yeah, way. You know that's a great day.
2: <laughs>
0: Seven years ago, that'd be a really awful day for me.
1: So you've yeah, adapted. Right. You figured it out. I figured it
0: out.
2: Yeah, and that's what that.
0: What makes that makes it fun.
2: That's mm-hmm. also a testament to Brad that if if five if he has to move five calls around because five guys got up late, he's he's not having a great day. But if he has to move five calls around because five technicians sold a big job and made themselves some extra money and, and took care of clients in an extra special way today. He gets excited about that, and that's, he doesn't get stressed out. He gets, it energizes him, and you know if there are any <clears throat> managers or owners listening to this, um, having a dispatcher that is driven to produce to take better care of clients, to um, you know, do more revenue, to increase sales, is one of the biggest changes that this company's made to grow. Uh, when Brad was in a truck, I was in a truck at the same time he was, and he said that he used to get really stressed out about not making the window for the next client, and wouldn't even think about, you know, really taking care of them, which you know we'll say selling, but selling only means checking their entire system and finding ways we can improve it and bringing it up to them. And hopefully they say yes. Uh, he wasn't doing that. And I know that same pain because at that time we had two dispatchers here who, if you called them and said, I'm going to be here the rest of the day, we have a whole bunch of work to do. They gave you a bunch of attitude. And they said, well, what am I supposed to do with the rest of your calls? Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't I, see the schedule. How,
0: how yeah, I don't, I don't know.
2: know. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I made this money for the company, you know. Um, And one of the things I begged the owners for when I first became a manager was to let's get a dispatcher who's, you know, one of us who's more like um, excited about somebody producing and doing big things and and would celebrate a win with somebody instead of trying to figure out how it's going to negatively impact them. And Brad was the perfect choice for that and has been. Has been great
1: for that, and getting better all the time. Right, context is everything to the problem. Right, everybody, you know, likes solving a problem with too much money. Oh, I have too much money. What am I going to do with it? You like solving a problem when you have too many calls because you know guys have sold things or um, have extended their jobs in a good way. That's a good thing. And the opposite of that is is very frustrating when. Nobody's communicating with you, <clears throat> and so you're having to solve problems that really didn't need to be solved from the beginning.
0: I mean, guy gets the call late at 9 o'clock, uh, and, you know, there's, he's, he's stuck doing something, and he's not going to make the next call. I'm going to have less sympathy for him because he got there at 9 o'clock, when I mean, he should have got there at 8.
1: What about some other things that kind of uh, rub you the wrong way? I mean, from, from a service technician standpoint, what, what are some things that guys do that really mess up things?
0: It's you know it's time management, right? Uh, and like we said, the lack of communication. Everything's communication. You know, if you if you are running late, you know, send me a text. I'm I'm running late, or, you know, someone's in here at seven thirty cleaning their truck out, uh, and it lasts and they're out by the dumpster and they're all talking till night till quarter to nine. You know, that stuff. That's the stuff. The time management stuff. What irritates me the most.
1: Do you have any stories or examples of, you know, a, a situation where somebody did great at communication and it it, it you know, rewarded them in some way? Or the converse of that, somebody didn't do great at communication or, you know, was not managing their time well, whatever it is, and it, it came back to bite them?
0: Well, one example was it, in the one-hour side is there's – I know there's one tech probably – I'm not to name names that – probably one of the highest – uh, profit trucks in the, in the company
2: you're good to name names he's one of the highest in the country
0: uh, you know dave landis all right he is at his first call at eight o'clock every morning uh, doesn't matter if he was out at two on call the next morning the next uh, the, the previous day he is at every call at
1: 8 a.m uh and what difference does that make for him how, how does how does that reward him other than he does, he get to go home early or, or it's, what happens?
0: Let's say he let's say his first call, like I say, is a bust, but you know, he gets done, he's in and out, it's nine o'clock. I have a, another call that just, just popped on the board that's a you know, no cool, no heat call. Uh, looks like uh, doesn't have any UV, no uh, micro power guards, no, nothing like that. I'll pop it on him
2: so, um aside from the uh ancillary stuff a no heat call in the in the uh middle of winter no cool call in the middle of summer you're you're just looking for the first guy who becomes available am i right yes so had he run his call till you know 11:30 and gotten there late he would have never seen that call
1: correct okay and i think it even goes beyond that because as the day goes on uh, competing companies their schedules fill up, right? And so there's gonna be people out there calling around for the first person who can fix that leaking water heater, the first person who can get out there because their panels, you know, know, the breakers flipped or whatever. And the more availability that we have at the quote-unquote end of the day, the the more opportunity is presented. Sure, when everybody's getting home from work.
0: Well, prime example was yesterday we lost two water heaters because they were booked 10 to 11 wasn't quick enough I called him at ten o called him at ten. We've already found someone else yes. So, i mean it if you know if someone was at their call at eight o'clock was able to get a call at nine we might have we might have gotten
2: those
1: probably would have gotten those yeah so efficiency really can make the make a difference not only in the company revenue which you know we care about it as As employees and as people who want to be gainfully employed, but also in the personal income side of things with the opportunity to have more opportunity, right? I mean, that's what it comes down to. Sure.
0: The more more houses you're in, the more opportunity you have. The more chances you get.
1: Yeah. Really good stuff today, Brad. Uh, Really appreciate you being on the podcast and kind of sharing uh, some of your practical ideas for efficiency and how that can make the service day better. We can't let you go without doing our rapid fire five questions, so buckle up hope you're ready uh we're going to start off with a a nice and easy one for you <clears throat> uh go to song for karaoke
0: uh margaritaville jimmy buffett
1: oh nice yeah it's a good one all right i'm going to go with uh some gary allen um smoke rings in the dark
2: uh pause it for a sec while i go google who that is or what <laughs> song that is. i'll be like oh. me too let me know <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've only ever sang one song, karaoke, and I'm not going to talk about it. I'd probably <laughs> go with. Material girl. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a long time ago and uh, another life and I sang uh, the, the Grease song with a young lady. Um, you're the, you're the, the one, one I want. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, yeah. laughs> yeah, I didn't do the Travolta part because that was actually more feminine than the uh, the woman's part, but. Nice.
1: Ow, nice. <laughs> Is there a video? Oh man! If only there <laughs> was. <I> pray not. <laughs> all right. If you could hang out with any cartoon character, who would you choose and why?
0: Uh, Richie Rich. I'll take you back to. That was probably before both of you.
1: Nice. I remember Richie Rich. But, His uh, house was uh, great You lost a lot of our Gadgets. I'd I remember it. Macaulay Culkin playing Richie Rich. Is this before that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a it cartoon was. before the movie. Okay.
0: That's when cartoons were good.
1: Nice.
2: <laughs> if you go back and watch that today, I'm guessing you'll you'll <laughs> beg to differ. <laughs> you're probably right.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go with Yosemite Sam. I feel like uh, he'd be a party waiting to happen. <laughs> Is he, does he have guns anymore? <laughs> yeah,
2: that's probably, probably not okay. Yeah, he probably doesn't have his pistol. So you're safer that way. I'm sure they've uh, edited those out now. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd plop right down between Beavis and Butthead and watch some music videos. Oh, <laughs> okay. I just feel like I'm going to have a blast with those two. I might then, straighten and them then out.
0: Car- then do karaoke. I might straighten <laughs> them
2: out and get them on a the road to become an
1: electrician or something. All right, all right. Uh, let's see here. If somebody was making a movie of your life, what genre would it be and who would be the lead actor?
0: Wow. I'd hope to say it was like a comedy.
1: <laughs> like a situational comedy. And of
0: course Brad Pitt or something would play. A romantic my, play comedy. comedy. <laughs> Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, that's my answer.
1: Okay. I'm gonna go with uh wouldn't be uh, too hard for him to remember his first name. That's yeah, that's right. Uh I'm gonna go with a drama for mine. I don't I don't think there'd be enough comedy in it. And we agree. We agree. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting well, we would find comedy <laughs> Uh, and we'll go with Tobey Maguire because it's probably just a a good
2: fit. (laughs) Okay, so Nate's going (laughs) Spider-Man. Old old Spider-Man. Um, I don't know, I'd have to, I'd have to go, uh, action since nobody else did. Um, I'll just be a new Avenger and, uh...
1: Christian Bale's gonna play me. Uh, hang on a second. This this isn't a made up story. This is your actual life. You can't just be an Avenger. But no, I'm, that's that's it. That's my <laughs> oh, life. oh, you are an Avenger <laughs> in your life. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I was not aware. You've not been paying attention to my life, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. Let's wrap it up here. Tough one. <clears throat> Would you rather lose all of your money or all of your pictures?
0: No. Oh. It's easy. Pictures. I, I don't have. I don't, I don't. I have very few pictures. I just. I just. Sent that's what the wife's for.
2: Just sent this to Michelle, so you
1: know.
0: No, I'd say that's what she's for. She's got all the pictures. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: <laughs> I see. Uh, yeah, I, I. would also go with. Uh, I'd rather lose all my pictures because, well, I, growing up in the digital age, I actually feel like I have a ton of pictures, and assuming that they would all get deleted and unrecoverable. I don't know. I'm more of a yeah, no cheating. Moving forward, moving forward, guys. So okay, yeah, I'll, I'll buy new pictures. <laughs> You'll buy new pictures of <laughs> of your children at their birth. I, we'll figure it out. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> J.C. JCPenney catalog cut up, <laughs> yeah, just I, taking kids out of there. <laughs> a funny
0: story. My wife still has a uh, a frame of a family that came with the frame.
2: It's up in our. <laughs> We just never put a picture in, so it's like... (laughs) Same. We do as well.
0: (laughs) Whose family's that? Yeah, That's
1: (laughs) awesome. (laughs) The husband she wishes. (laughs) Probably. Ooh. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah. All right, Brad. Well, thanks so much for being on with us today. That wraps up our podcast. Um, This is part two. If you missed over part one, Brian and I will break down the topic of efficiency in the service day, so make sure you take a listen to that. And also catch us on future podcasts where we'll have additional guests. Uh, Our next featured podcast will be with Jamie Mellinger, an electrician with Mr. Sparky Electric, and we're looking forward to meeting with him. As for now, um, if you love what you hear and you want to work for a team and a company that has that type of appreciation, that type of efficiency, and that type of um, got your back mentality with the office and the field, we are hiring, and we always are hiring, Check us out on our website at wastenoday.com, find us on Facebook, like us, subscribe to the comment subscribe to the podcast, or leave some comments for us. We'd love to hear how this is impacting you. We want to remind you not to waste your days, not to spend your days wishing for more, and that there is also a way to make your day more efficient so that you can make every day worthwhile and you can wake up with a mentality to waste no day. This podcast is a production of the South Central Pennsylvania Branch of One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing, and Mr. Sparky Electric.